This is 109.9 Leyline Radio. Welcome, listeners, to Leyline Radio, the end of the dial and the edge of the world. These are real stories too chilling and strange to be real. Or are they? Today we bring you a story from Sapphire, New York, a town where the seemingly impossible is possible, and the lines between the world and the next are blurred. This tale is called Deals to Die For, and was sent by someone named M. Nestled in the region of the Finger Lakes is Sapphire, a town where a gray air hangs oppressively thick year-around, and even the most positive person can find themselves irritable and always find something to grumble about. Millions of crows fly in eerie dark masses as if painting undulating pictures in the sky before settling in a massive tree-surrounded ravine where humans dare never venture. On the far west edge, just out of the crisis-crossing paths of the energy ley lines that connect at its center of town lies the Great Lakes Mall. Once a hub of community and pulsating 80s music, it now sits dead and vacant with the exception of a mega hunting and fishing chain store in its flagship location. I had the misfortune of working in this mall and by the time I joined the zombie-like crew of employees there were only a few stores left. The locals who I worked alongside regaled you with tales of when a skating rink circled the top of the food court and Tiffany Gibson's sparkling mall tour stopped at this very hub. As in most retail job situations, you spend a lot of time alone with not a coworker or patron to be seen. And if you pay close enough attention, you start to notice some things that you could only be described as unexplainable. The only problem was at this mall, the longer you were there, the unexplainable started to notice you. It started as many paranormal or spooky stories do. A stray, unplaceable sound or turning around to pick up an office item and finding it in a completely different place even though you were sure it was right next to you just moments before. I recall one frigidly cold February morning where I was opening, and so much snow had fallen the night before, the power was flickering, and the generators were having a hard time keeping up. But saints forbid we not open. The budget shoe store I worked in had no ambient music or advertisements, so while shivering and alone, you could hear a pin drop. I heard the beeping sound of our starkroom door open and saw out of nowhere a shoe go flying off one set of shelves into another. Guys, that's not funny, I shouted, assuming my manager had come in the rear entrance and was just playing a prank. But there was silence. A few minutes later, I heard the beep again, and this time three shoes went flying, slamming into a neighboring shelving unit. I was not having any of this. Thinking it was just a prank, I stormed up the aisle and threw open the stockroom door. But no one was there, and the back door was locked. I went up and down every aisle, and there was no one there. So later, when I mentioned it to my coworker, she just shrugged and said, Probably. It's just Bob. Don't worry. He won't hurt you. 
The next occurrence was on a similarly cold day just a few weeks later. The only sound in the long hallways was the light chitter-chatter of aging mall walkers who spend their declining years circling the mall. On a lunch break, I approached the food court and from up a large fenced-off staircase used for storage, I noticed a woman in Civil War era attire, fan in hand, just waving politely. I stopped for a moment and waved, and then within seconds, the woman was gone. When the same coworker came in later and I told her about the new appearance, she just smiled and said, ah, they started to notice you then. Being a highly anxious person, all I could think about was her smile and got the worst knot in my stomach. Like many of the mall employees, my coworker had jumped from store to store through most of her working life. One store closes, they move to another minimum wage hell, hiring anyone with a pulse. But the longer you worked there, the longer you noticed that things just weren't right. Which led many of the lifers to become amateur paranormal investigators. One spring evening, I was tasked with taking the trash to the giant compactor. This was my least favorite part of the job. The compactor room and the stained red walls of the hallway leading to it. For those attuned to such things, just entering this hallway wrapped your body in a feeling of dread. But the worst part were the whispers. It was like you're in a room full of people, all whispering to you, around you, about you, to you. At first, you can't even tell if it's words. It seems to float around you. And as they sink in, the electric currents around your skin feel as if... Small fingers are just brushing your skin, reaching for you, clawing at you, as if they're pulling you into the red rage of the walls, adding your voice of confusion and chaos to their distant sound. Their grip is intense, and when you finally make it through the hunter green metal door at the end of the hallway, you notice that the marks look like scratches. You're left just a little confused, covered in sweat, and goosebumps are covering your skin. The more trips you make into the red hallway, the more the stains look like handprints, dragging themselves through soot. The closer the voices feel, and the more pervasive their comments are, the more violent and rushed the ghost-like touches feel. After a while, you move slower, even though you want to rush out as quickly as possible, but the floors are cobblestone, so dragging a wagon, it hiccups and stalls along the way as if purposely keeping you there as long as it possibly can. As more stores left the mall and more employees said their final goodbyes, those who remained seemed to gain more access to its secrets. Much like the hallway leading to the trash compactor, our cardboard recycler was on the opposite side of the mall at the end of a snacking hallway with temporary drywall surrounding it. My first trip down this hallway was just after my first interaction with the red hallway. It was an average day, and nothing seemed out of the ordinary, until I'm shoving boxes into the large mechanical mouth, and I heard a child's laugh behind me. I turn, and as if running away, I see a blur leaving the doorway. I jump down and follow the sound of laughing and little shoes skipping. As I enter the hallway, the apparition just disappears around another corner. I quickly finish up and got out of there as fast as I could. Each visit after, 
I was greeted with the same sound of giggling and skipping. Only once in a while, I caught a glimpse of who or what it was. And I could see just the side of a ruffled Easter dress as the spirit turned a corner, staying just out of my view. There are many more stories from other lifers who worked at the mall, as well as many who have been there in its 40 years of life. Most are comical, almost endearing in many ways, but the stories that make it from generation to generation of employee are more sinister and terrifying. Whether they are true, I can't attest to personally, but if those stories are true, may whoever is watching us from above protect whoever interacts with those spirits. Like many malls, the movie theater was a central hub, and even after transferring ownership many times, it was never updated to match the megaplexes of the 2000s. Over the decades, a story of a woman in white has been seen roaming the lobby, longingly waiting for a partner that never arrives to meet her. It is said that she was so moved in grief and anger that she hung herself in that theater to be found later. I unfortunately can't connect the story with any actual deaths and obituaries, but she has been terrorizing guests and theater employees since she first appeared, many so badly that they left the job or would be so terrified they would drop everything, lock up, and leave it for whoever opened in the morning. The most blood-chilling story that I was told by several people from a local Gus hunting society who also happened to work at security at the mall was the story of the electronic store being. As the need for large electronic stores wavered, the electronic store closed up like many chains did nationwide. But as people explored the place after its closing, the cage where the large ticket items were kept was the site of a said to be demonic being. Along the floors and walls, symbols were painted as if something was being kept there, caged there, held there. And it is said that a large dark being of smoke, pure darkness with giant red eyes was locked inside. On one particular investigation, the team went inside the cage and as they entered, all their electronics died, batteries, cameras, phones, audio recording tech, everything. The being appeared and they all blacked out. And when they came to, they were on the other side of the gate and it was locked again. Now, whether the story is true, I personally will never know, but multiple teams of people have seen this and no one can track down the origination of the stories with that original store. Now, one Christmas, this store was turned into a toy store. And I spent a lot of time there shopping, and on several occasions, the wall that bordered that back room felt as if energy was being pushed through, like the wall wanted to swallow you whole. It should come as no surprise to anyone that there's nothing really left in this building. It's just a shell. And to all the beings that living within, I hope you finally have peace. Thank you, M, for your story. M was not the only person who shared their stories of Sapphire, New York. 
which when we looked, we found that six different ley lines intersect at the center of this town. So here's to more stories from the gray lake town called Sapphire. Now join us next time for more stories too chilling and strange to be real. And don't worry, if you can't find us, we'll find you. This is your host, signing off. Thank <laughs> you.